Mutability. Welcome to Nature's Lead. This is a podcast available at naturesleed.com that both examines and inspires a certain approach towards life that is based both on personal philosophies and on the writings of people such as Emerson and Thoreau. You can send feedback to info at naturesleed.com. This is Series 1, Episode 4, Title, Leaping Heart. Welcome back, everyone. In this episode, I'll be reciting an important, famous poem and then describing how crucial to me a couple of the ideas are that come from this work. But first, I want to add a short segment to the podcast called Random Windows, which is just a small little aside or window into some experience I had, which may or may not relate to the overall topic of the episode. Here's today's random window. I drive about an hour to and from work every day. The other day, I was coming home. I take back roads instead of the freeway, and I was sitting at this long stoplight in the middle of nowhere, and off to my right, over the top of my radio, I heard all of this high-pitched chatter. So I turned off the radio and looked over at the cacophony of sound, and it was coming from this thick, bushy set of trees just 15 feet away. And through the leaves and branches, the sun was popping and peeking through from the other side as the wind jostled across. The amazing thing was, with all this sound and activity, a whole world of interaction, I couldn't see even one single bird. There were many flickers of light coming through, creating a jigsaw of sparks and flashes, but never once the glimpse of even a foot or a beak. Dozens of the smallest birds living it up just outside my car, and I couldn't see a one. That somehow made me laugh and definitely put a big smile on my face. It was the kind of smile you get when you're at a red light and a stream of little children from a class is led past the front of your car along the crosswalk. That raw bubbling of life and all the cute idiosyncrasies of the children shoot an unexpected and unplanned charge of energy into your face. But alas, the light turned green and I was again on my way. On to the main topic, Leaping Heart. The poem I'm going to read is My Heart Leaps Up. By William Wordsworth. I'm going to recite it from memory because it's more personal that way for me to you, and also because I only know a few poems by heart, those that are extremely important to me. So here it is. My heart leaps up when I behold a rainbow in the sky. So it was when I began, and so it is now that I am a man. And so it will be when I grow old, or let me die. The child is father of the man. And I should wish my days to be bound, each to each, by natural piety. First off, that first couple lines makes you think it's just going to be this delicate little poem about his reaction to nature. Then it takes a turn as he states that he had better feel that youthful exuberance, that natural boyish excitement towards something beautiful in nature when he gets old, or he might as well just die. Then he delivers one of the most Famous lines in all of Romantic literature. The child is father of the man. This is brilliant. What he's saying is that the adult version of us grows out of the child version of us. The child is there first. That's who we are. And then the mature, experienced adult, the seasoned veteran, grows from that seed. It's a metaphor comparing a father and a son to a child and a man. This is the exact opposite of the way we look at the world. We look at the adult as the intelligent ideal, the culmination, the climax of life. 
Yet he's pointing out that his innocent, pure connection with nature as a boy is the ideal state. That excitement and energy he had as a youth is still in him and drives him as a man. And, as he says, he wants the rest of his days to be connected by a common through-line of natural piety, or simply the worshipping of, or spiritual connection to, nature. This theme of innocence versus experience is a common one in the Romantic era, and I'll be touching on it in different ways very often. But in regards to today's particular segment of that larger theme, I'm going to state this. Innocence is intelligence. What is he, crazy? Does he just like the sound of it because they both start with eyes? Well, yes, I do. But that's not the only reason I say it. Innocence is intelligence. Well, let's look at the word intelligence. The dictionary states as its first definition that it's the capacity to acquire and apply knowledge. Okay, what is knowledge? Aha! I'm arguing that the knowledge of how to perceive and appreciate something as simple and as common as a rainbow is high intelligence. This is something innate to our souls, something you don't have to measure against the vast weight of other acquired knowledge. In other words, the understanding of how beautiful and precious that rainbow is that explosion of color burst into the air and streamed from end to end, the knowledge applied to that experience is pure brilliance. Therefore, intelligent innocence is another baseline concept I want to add. I earlier introduced mutability and natural truth, so this is the third I wish to contribute to that foundation. Such a great wealth is gifted to us at birth, but our layers of learning in life snuff intelligent innocence right out. We, in fact, often mistake innocence for ignorance. Therefore, much of the challenge in life is to maintain what we already have, rather than trying to attain something we don't. Also, I think it's important to say that anyone can learn what is or is not beautiful in their own lifetime, but the intelligence of how to recognize something in nature as beautiful and having the capacity to connect with that beauty is a power developed for us by nature over a long period of time. It's who we are, and Emerson and Thoreau go into great detail about that, which I'll be getting into in future episodes. Now, I know there's always other opinions or explanations that could be put forth on everything I talk about, but that's not the point of all this. The podcast isn't about objectively analyzing literature and life to give a 360 discussion of opinions. It's about a certain through-line of perspective. So on this specific topic, one might argue that our recognition of beauty in nature is, as well, learned. Or that all recognition of beautiful things, whether manufactured or natural, is instinctual. But to be so coldly scientific and carrying that to its end creates a reality best lived by breathing machines. As you can imagine, I will often choose to run with emotion over math. The last thing I'll say is this. Allow your leaping heart to lead. That brings us to a close. So until next time, I wish you well, and don't forget to follow nature's lead.